Hey friends, thanks for joining us once again for the book review bonanza. My name's Kevin. It's Fernando. Yeah. And my name's Jason. JC's in the house. We were just talking about baseball getting started next week. Super stoked about that. So start thinking about taking your family to a ball game this year, huh? What do you think about that? And now let's talk about amazing book, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. You know, I wonder how many series, how many like versions of this book is, are actually out there. There's probably like there's a, dozens. Yeah. There's, there's Almost, I, yeah. Go ahead. There's a lot. I was reading the uh, listening to one that uh, it mentions. Uh, I forgot what series it is, but it mentions like Jeff Bezos and the you know creation of uh, Tesla and Amazon, mm. eBay, and how they got started as like editorial comments and stuff. So it's a pretty good you know updated version, good insights, etc. Stuff that's not mentioned on on obviously the book that we're reading right now, but yeah, that's but awesome. a modern interpretation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this yeah. one is the 1937 original text, unedited. That's the that's one that I have. Yeah, 1937 yeah. version. But you look, and then the the covers are different. <laughs> you yeah, know what it's I mean? Mark, marketing. Yeah. You got this. Yeah, see, like, we have three different books, and it's <laughs> the same text. That's awesome. It goes for marketing. So success requires no explanation. Failure permits no bliss. All right, you guys. Chapter seven. Here we go. Organized planning. This is like a sixty-page chapter so we're going to dive into this chapter today will just be chapter seven and uh, look forward to you guys subscribing to this also leave your notes uh suggest books for us to read and go through next and look forward to hearing about uh the chapter let's dive in who wants to get us started today the crystallization of desire into action hmm. crystallization that's a really good term i think i've heard it once where it's it's the something that you're constantly thinking about over and over and over and over just repetitively mm. to where it's uh, so clear in your mind it becomes like a like a form of a like a crystal and then you take that crystallization and then you of your desire whatever it is that you want remember you must know exactly what it is that you want and then from there you you know put it into action and i think i think that's where everyone else uh you know fails to do certain things so so what's the number one what's the first thing that we have to do when you want to put something in action you have to build what he says here build your plans so he goes to like uh like four points um he says you, you have to uh, uh, allow or allow yourself with a group of as many people as you need for the creation and carrying out of your plan so making use of your, for example, the mastermind principle, which we'll discuss later on this uh, in this book. So it's, uh, you know, people want to do things on their own, right? We want to build a company, community, et cetera, whatever. I don't know, but the community is built of, of people. So you only know what you only know. You don't have to know everything. You could just know the gist of it. And you hire someone or delegate responsibility to the people that are more, uh, in tune with that or, or they studied certain parts of whatever it is that you need let them do their work empower them to do what they're supposed to do and then bring that part of the of their piece and build a bigger you know bigger plan or, or vehicle or whatever and so and then part b he says before masterminding uh, before forming the mastermind alliance he's like decide the advantages and benefits that you may offer to the individual you know individual members of your group and in return for their cooperation, 
um, you know, because they're also going to be giving you advice. He's all, you're going to offer them some form of, uh, of compensation. And he says right there, he's like, nobody's going to work for free. So when you're building a company, you know, you're building a group of people, it's, uh, yeah, give me some ideas, but let me not pay you for it. And some people have that, you know, have that thought. Um, and then it says, he says, arrange to meet with your people, your mastermind, at least twice a week. This way wow. you can go over situations or more if possible until you have jointly perfected the necessary plan or the plans for the accumulation of money. So you're basically literally going over the first, the middle, the part, the end part, and, and you're, you know, throwing in ideas like pieces of the puzzle. And you're, you're essentially putting this big old Rubik's cube or puzzle together and everyone is participating. There's no one head. It's a, just a, a big old Arthur's ninth circle of people that are uh, putting in their feedback. And then the most important one is to maintain a perfect harmony uh, between yourself, obviously yourself and uh, every member of your mastermind group. So it says, if you fail to, to, follow this to the letter you know you you're going to meet with failure and so how many times have you, have you talked with people and then uh, you know what we're just we don't get along there's always this division and obviously a house divided amongst itself it will fall which is why he says even with yourself have no division within you because if you can't you don't know what you want then you're you're split-minded or, or as the bible calls it double-minded then mm -hmm. you're basically like a like a ship without a rudder you're a ship without uh, an aim or, you know, you have no target, no goal. You'll just be like basically neandering. You're a Neanderthal, wandering life, a caveman with no purpose or, or, or plan. Wow. And I thought that when we met at Rocky Dog uh, in the beginning of once a week, <laughs> that, that was a lot. And I've always seemed to be impressed in groups of people where they're like, gosh, you guys meet every week on Wednesday night. I'm like, yeah, we've been doing it for eight years. I do know, though, like when we first started, we met like almost every night because we would capture an idea. Somebody had a, a task. They would do that task. They bring that idea back. And we met at a local Starbucks and just knocked it out for like three hours. We would meet with vendors there and so on. And we had our roles. So there's just a lot of tangible uh, work that happens there uh, when you're able to do that with other people because I think in the mastermind idea how I've always seen it is that someone has a, a perspective uh, something that I've been learning a lot today is is that you are not who you are by yourself you are who you are because you've had a series of things that's happened to you throughout your past and you may and I promise you you don't I say may just to be politically correct you don't know all of those events that have created who you are today you're not going to sit there and consciously think that okay that's it and so that's why and that's why that's it like that's why i'm thinking the way i'm thinking today that's why that's why it's so powerful to be around other people and being in a mastermind group because that help being in there thinking through what they've gone through will be different than what you've gone through and your guys's thoughts are going to come together and really enhance each other. And, and uh, just like this podcast, I look forward to this podcast all week. So when anything's going on throughout my week, I'm thinking like that dopamine hit of me getting excited about being on this podcast on Friday morning lifts my energy level up higher than the, neg the negative energy of what's happening at that moment that I'm struggling through. That's How hugely good. No, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say uh that that's that's huge because you said something right now which is which is key. Uh, he gives a two additional points or or facts about the uh you know how to, you know to keep in mind when you're creating the mastermind, you know engage you, you know you you basically to make plans and make them to where they're they're faultless. You know you're obviously from different perspectives and then you're you're you know what about this and everything? okay let's cover that and what about that and then, okay let's cover that and then the second thing he's like you have the advantage in the he's all you have advantage. Right now, every one of us has an advantage from our own personal experience. Uh, he says native ability, right? Because there's some people that are just naturally talented than others. People mm -hmm. have to struggle to just to get to par where I think at, at Steve Harvey or someone says like, if, or Gary Vaynerchuk says, if you have a talent, then you should double or triple down on that talent, not try to do something else. It's like stick with what works, right? Mm -hmm, uh, I, think mm -hmm, even, even, mm -hmm. I think even the Bible mentions something like that. It's like the, the world will make room for your gift. Right. If you're if you have a specialized gift. And so so you have the native ability and you have the imagination of of other minds. Everybody, even here, even on this, that's listening to the podcast right now or just watching it. You know, you guys, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Right. That's actually a quote from the Bible. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways mm -hmm. are not your ways. And we all have a different perspective. But as a community, we can all agree like this. We create this backbone. There's like this middle uh, convergence where we can say, hey, you know what, this is. This is something we're going to build, and we're we're all participating, all giving our feedback. But in the middle, right where everyone meets, there are there are things that we actually have in common for the greater good, you know. So you, we utilize those things, and then and then again, he repeats this. Obviously, like if this isn't in harmony with the methods, followed by you know by every person who has accumulated, you know, these are steps. And if you mm -hmm. don't follow them, then you're not going to accumulate these uh these these riches that he talks about. So. What's your thoughts, JC? What's no, I, I know I know he goes more into depth about the mastermind later on in the book. Um, I like the part where he talks about the major like if you're gonna be an intel <clears throat> excuse me, an intelligent follower, and so and you're have the opportunity to acquire knowledge from a leader, right? So and he lists out the major attributes of a leadership of leadership. Right? Number one, unwavering courage, self-control. Number two, number three is a keen sense of justice. Number four, a definiteness, a definiteness of decision. Number five, definiteness of plans. And number six, the habit of doing more than paid for. And number seven, a pleasing personality. Number eight, sympathy and understanding. Number nine, mastery of detail. Number 10, willingness to assume full responsibility. And number 11, cooperation. And then, then in the next part, he goes over the 10 major causes of failure in leadership. And so he lists out, you know, 10 of those things which, um, you know, highly recommend that you look at those to kind of co compare the the difference between being an intelligent follower and what type of leader that you're following. I, a perfect example of this, number six, I absolutely love this idea, especially as someone who's been, who is an employee, has been an employee, and now an employer. I 100% understand, like, when I worked at a large uh, grocery store, uh, they had a position to be on the safety a safety uh, safety committee chairman, and I was like, you know what? I want to I, I want to be involved in this business. I'm not going to get paid for that, but I want to do that. And so I I joined the committee, and then over time I was walking around wearing like the vest, and man, I I I dove into that. I was like calling managers out. I was like, that needs to be cleaned up, and why isn't that right? Like it was fun. And I, I mean, it was a really good time. I really, I liked it maybe a little too much, you guys, a little bit too much. 
And then, uh, but because I took down that responsibility, I want that extra, that extra percent. All, all the other managers saw that and start when, when openings would open up in their, in their division, in their departments, they would fight over me. And it, and it wasn't because I was a faster at than most of the people that were there. It was that I was involved and engaged in the company that I was working for. And, and it wasn't about like giving to the man, like the, the whole idea was to literally like, I like what I do and I, I want to get paid more. So it works, you guys, like it works. Like, and that's, and that's, and that's a challenge in society today is that people just do enough, oh, just enough to, to get it, to get a paycheck. Yeah, you know, they're they just like five minutes late. Like you can't write me up three minutes late. Like yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. You're, it, you're, the culture is weak when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, uh, etiquettes or, um, uh, just the effort. Is it, is it Gary Vaynerchuk or is it Andy Frisella? He's like, one of them says like, look, if you're, if your job, you're making fries, be the best fry cook. Like just make mm -hmm. the best fries, like go in there and be the best Andy fry v. cook. Like Andy every v. single time. Like, I want to go to yeah it, it is it is Andy because he was like look if you work at McDonald's and you and you're in charge of making fries you want people to come to McDonald's because you make the best fries like be the best Andy, fry cook I said Andy be like a freaking goofball he well you combined them I think they had a love child right is that what it was yeah they're just like the same <laughs> and Andy Vaynerchuk my IG <laughs> Andy Vaynerchuk have, just in case you thought I didn't know I did that don't need to call <laughs> me out on it I know I did it. I don't care. Have them tweet that. Huh? We were going to save it till after the podcast ended and, you know, <laughs> you have the fumble. Off, off no, I'll call myself out. I'll call them out. I don't care. Who are, who are they to tell yeah, me? I called you Gary, man. I don't care. You, it's a, you're welcome. KL, KTL told you that. You're, yeah, it's, uh, it's... the power of one more, though. It's, it's a huge, it's huge. I think, for instance, when you have an application, you want to go to college. One of the questions is, what extra activities are you a part of? That's going the extra mile. When you, when you apply for a job, what community involvements are you in? You're not getting paid to be involved in the community. Going the extra mile. I know that at, at the one of the restaurants I own, people specifically that are really good at the fryer and really good on the grill and have really good customer service get promoted to management. They make more money. They make it more hours that way. Managers can become general managers, can become owners. Yeah, that all that stems from uh, I think from a deep down uh, desire. Uh, there's another man that we uh, probably most of us you know know him, uh, Grant Cardone. He he um, talks about like his experience. I think working at McDonald's, and he's like, yeah, I remember I used to go to McDonald's and work, and you know, I'd, I'd be working there, you know, making fries, making, making a hamburger. And, and, uh, he, he'd hate his job. He's like, I would look forward to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's mm -hmm. like, I was working for the weekend where there was this other guy next to me. You know, he came to work with a big old smile mopping. There he is mopping <laughs> burgers, with a big old smile. Like, Hey, like, what the hell is this guy happy? You know, so happy about, and it was all in the perspective. It was all in the mind. So Grant went to work for a check so that he could enjoy his weekend. This guy, went to work at every position in McDonald's so that one day he could own a company and he eventually owned the company or he bought into the, into the franchise. 
So that that desire, guys, that Kevin just mentioned, it's it's huge. You can't get that. It can't be fake because you, you'll find out you'll, you will get what's called burnout because when you're actually doing something you really love, there's no such thing. You're not going to burn out. Time goes by. You'll be in what others call flow, right, or in the zone. And, you know, time will just like you look up, and you're like, man, it's already like whatever o'clock. And damn, I, I what the hell was I doing? But you were so focused in your work that it just it just came out naturally. And so that's the key thing. You got to, you know, pay attention to those things and, and uh, monitor them because that's you're in you're doing something that you're wanting to do. And from that passion, you start going, going back to the synthetic. And that's where the creative imagination starts working and figuring out how you can do. Uh, it's actually blended between synthetic and creative. Start working things on how you can develop a better product, a better service. And then you, you go forward, uh, you know, from there. Um, one of the other things that he talks about here in the uh, in the book is he mentions like, hey, you know, how to get the exact position that you guys want. And so he says, you know, first decide what kind of job that you want. And I was talking to a guy yesterday who is uh, a fireman or a, sorry, a paramedic. And I asked him, at what age did you decide or did you determine that you wanted to be a paramedic? He's been in there for, I think, uh, 30 some years and he's, he's you know, he's young. Um and he's like, at, at the age of six, I seen a, I seen a, a firefighter, a paramedic, and then I, I just decided then and there, that's what I wanted to do. So he's, Good he's months him. away from becoming, yeah, from becoming, you know, I think it's chief or captain. And he's, he has such a desire where, just like you mentioned, Kevin, he's like, on my days off, bro, he's like, I volunteer. I sometimes put my wife and my kid on the back burner. It's sad sometimes, but my wife has to mm-hmm. come back in where I'm giving my time volunteering for certain projects. Like he's got profit, not, you know, a uh, nonprofit foundation. So, so that everything that you're describing there, mm. Kevin is, is exactly, you could find that in basically anyone. So, and then the, that one thing I told him, I was like, you're blessed because most people go through all their life, not even knowing what they want to do. But he said, I just picked it. I stuck yeah. with it and I kept going. And it's cool because this is organized planning. Like you can literally write down a game plan and go and do it. It doesn't have to just be out of your desire or just doesn't have to be like, what I mean by that is it can be on purpose that you're going over and beyond to potentially have an outcome. And guess what though? Not every situation is going to drive that outcome that you're, you're desiring. And the point of the idea is it's not supposed to. It's supposed to happen in the right time for the right people. And I think that that's why the mastermind, having people around you that you can talk to can really help balance that. Because maybe I didn't get a position in another department to make more money. And all I was, was entry-level employee with the ability to be on the safety committee. You find your joy wherever you want. Those opportunities come when you put the right energy out by by just putting the effort there. And I think that's what the idea is. You can have the thought, you can think, and that thinking produces an energy which should produce an effort. And when you look at, um, it says offer number, uh, organized planning or, or by application is the off number seven point here if you're following us in the book. In my book, it's page 165. It says offer to go to work on probation. That's it's huge. A, it's an idea. It's an idea in that your confidence in your ability to fill the position. Your I think we call that we call that internship right now. Yeah. 
your confidence in your perspective, employer's decision to employ you after the trial. I think that's, that's huge. Oh, it's big. And it's, I hear people say it all the time. I get, I can't believe I get paid for this. Mm -hmm. I went on, um, I'm on a committee and our local um, uh, council and I had the opportunity, a, a city, and I had the ability to be go on a day where I I ran I, I hung out with with peace officers all day, and it was it was awesome. It was so cool, and I just listened to their stories, and it was amazing. Every single one of them said, "I can't believe I get paid for this." I got out of that day to the roundup where we all got together in our mastermind and talked about our own experiences. And I stood up in tears and emotion that, that it wasn't a, it wasn't scripted conversation, but every single one of them said, I can't, when I got started doing this, I could not believe I'm getting paid. Now, would it that be when you have that sort of energy over something you're not going to work and you're going to be better at it. Mm -hmm. So your There's determination this... and he, he has it in capitals. I'm not going to yell because I don't, I don't want to get uh, I don't want Fernando's bird to get all crazy on us. Your determination to have the position you seek, your employers mm -hmm. looking, your people's looking and guess what? So is your family. So is your spouse. So is your kids. So are your friends. Your friends aren't going to come up to you, but they're seeing it in you. Mm -hmm. So when we lift ourselves up, everybody else is elevated around us. That's why John Maxwell says you are as like the five around you and you are as wealthy as the seven because you elevate the people around you and the people that aren't used to being elevated, they just disappear and um, up comes somebody else. It's the craziest thing, but it's happened multiple times in my life. What you got, JC? Well, I mean, this this chapter, I know we try to keep these, um, you know, these calls and stuff to about 20, 30 minutes. But this chapter alone, I mean, you could probably spend hours in here, just take all the takeaways. I mean, he talks about media through which services may be marketed. Um, and he gives a whole list of that. Um, one of the things that I really like that he talked about in here was <clears throat> the new way of marketing service. Jobs are now partnerships, right? The golden rule, um, how the employer, the employee, and the public they serve, how it's it's a partnership of all three, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's the employer knowing what their service is and how they're going to, you know, um, serve the public. And the public needs to be aware of how that company is, is, um, is serving them. One, I mean, again, it, it goes it goes pretty deep in to, I mean, there's like these questions that he goes pretty deep into um, what could cause failure, um, and then there's like a there's like a self awareness like checklist that he goes through. I think there's about twenty eight questions that he asks. Mm -hmm. Self analysis questionnaire for personal inventory. If you really took the time to, I mean, self-awareness is probably the, the foundation of where you need to be yeah. to get to the next level. So if you really took the time to read all these questions and truly answer them, that that's a huge starting point. 
Um, most people just kind of skip over this chapter. They're like, oh, this is a long chapter. And, um, you know, I'm just not, I'm just going to skip through it. Well, read chapter, read question two. Do you have it in front of you right now? <clears throat> On the self-analysis? Yeah. Yeah. Have I delivered service of the best possible quality of which I was capable or could I have improved any part of the service? 1%. You got to ask yourself that question. I remember when I was, uh, I was working for a large alarm company and I came, I would come out of an appointment. I would write down, okay, what, what, what went really well? What went really, uh, where did I lose their attention? Every single time I walked out of the appointment, I'd go in my car to journal. I actually wrote a book about it called The Science Beyond Prospecting. And I'd write it down, self-analysis. I'd write it down. And one day, I remember, I hadn't sold anything for like three days. I had like 15 appointments and I was goosing everything. I got cocky. I got complacent. I stopped following my own system. I had this. I got this. Not a big deal. Why isn't everyone doing this? And I realized before I knew it, like, gosh, it's been a long time since I closed the deal. And then the anxiety kicked in. Called my manager. Said, hey, man, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm rolling in to turn in my badge. I got to get another job. I, I've lost my touch. I can't afford not to sell. My wife, we need this. It's a commission-only job. He's like, dude, get in my office. When you get here, we'll talk about it. When I got in his office, he had a line of A, he had a line of like one to 10. And, and every one, and two, three, four, all had tasks or tack, you know, talking points. He's like, all right, did you do this for, when was the last time you did all these? And which one did you stop doing because you got, you thought you were a badass and you didn't need it anymore? And when did you stop doing it? And the light clicked. It wasn't the company that was failing me. It wasn't the customers that were failing me. I failed myself. It was self-reliance. Right after that conversation, he's like, I just got a phone call. I need you to go talk to this person and go close it. I found out a year later that was like his best friend. And he does that all the time for him. I had no idea at the time, but it made me feel really good. So I closed the deal. I felt really good. I showed up the next day. And before I knew it, I was number one in the office again. Made 1% of the company that year. And it was all from self-reliance. And then I went right back to the journal and right back hitting it. So these are all, you can look at it. However, you don't work to live, you live to work, right? Um, and so no matter where you're getting that income from, it doesn't define you. What defines you is how you pre present yourself to where you're going for to labor. That That's huge, brother. You said something right there that I, I heard in a different um in a different podcast or in a different, I think it was a book. I don't remember, but there was a man who, who same thing, lost his touch, lost his, his selling ability and had scheduled appointment. I think it was for life insurance. Um, and you know, these, you know, I, I, I can't do it. He, this guy, the manager set up an appointment and he went with them to close. And it turns out that person that they ended up selling the appointment and then did the same thing with that as they did with you verbatim, closed the sale but what it actually did for the person is it built up that confidence, that confidence, that that belief that, yes, I could. OK, I'm back on. I got this. It, it built some type of momentum. And then that person ended up closing five additional sales on top of that, that original appointment. And so you, you so it, it's very, very easy to miss that little point. So if you're feeling down, then you have to do something to kind of build your momentum. Uh, I think Tony Robbins talks about it where you're, you're, you're priming yourself, get yourself into this state of, man, I, I, I could do it. And then mm -hmm. once you start building that, that confidence again, and like, Oh, this is this, I, I got this. 
it just picks up from there and it starts to cycle. And that's, again, you know, you call that being in your flow, being in your zone. Mm -hmm. And then that, that can go in through everything. So there's days when you, you know, if, if you just get up and go to work, don't do that. Go mm -hmm. through a routine in the morning, get up, prep yourself, prime your body, yep. stretch, do this morning, you know, this, this thing that where you, you know, whatever you got to do, whatever it is that you think you got to do for yourself in the morning, whether it's read a couple pages, whether it's drive through a neighborhood, whether it's read a book or, or, or uh, talk to a couple of people, you know, get that little ball rolling. And then from there, take off, build that momentum ahead of time. Don't be the people that just get up last minute and then they're off. They're on their way to work all in a hurry, all panicky, because that does something to your nervous system. Crazy, man. That's, yeah, that was huge. Called your called a book called Miracle Morning. It, it's uh, changed my life. It's really helped balance me. What do you want to close this out with, JC? What What do you got? I, I was just going to say, like, uh, another little takeaway at, at towards the end of the chapter, too, where he talks about what is your QQS rating. Um, Q, the first Q is quality, your quality of service. Number two is your quantity of service. And then your spirit of service. Um, and understanding what those three aspects of, of your service that you offer to the public, right? <clears throat> so number one, quality of service shall be constructed to mean the performance of every detail in connection with your position. Quantity is the habit of rendering all the service of which you are capable. And then the spirit is constructed to mean the habit of agreeable, harmonious conduct. Mm -hmm. And so if you have all three of those, let's just say it's on a scale of one to 10, right? Like what is your QQS rating? Like how do you rate yourself in those three areas? Am I giving the, the best quality? You know, am I giving, am I giving the best quantity you know, going that above and beyond, right? And and am I am I in harmonious, agreeable with the service that I'm rendering? So it's like <clears throat> I look at it like this: is like, okay, I love Hondas. Uh, I don't. I'm just giving an example. I love Hondas. Well, why wouldn't you go work for a Honda dealership and sell Honda cars, mm -hmm. right? Why are you working at Toyota? You know what I mean? So it's like if you truly have a passion for that product or that service then that emotion has to come behind it and you have to support that. And people are going to feel that as well too, that harmonious, agreeable emotion behind it and that spirit. And so those, that little QQS rating was pretty powerful too. Yeah. I'd I have think to most agree. People, mm -hmm. Go ahead, please. I was, I was saying, I think most people don't, don't take that, that opportunity because they get into that habit of what's a habit and to that loop of habit. Like, well, I've been doing this for so long that yeah, I'm, I'm a Honda guy, but I work at Toyota, but, what if I lose my benefits? What if I lose my everything I've built up in this company and they get into the cycle? I, I, I can't do this because now I got a family to support and we we are afraid to even venture off. He mentions in one of these little things where he says, like, don't don't worry about the job. You know, you could actually build a career um, out of nothing, create something that's not even created yet. We, we go to school and we try to build these cookie cutter you know, uh, jobs where we try to put them, ourselves in these boxes is like, what if there's a job out there that you actually like? It's really customized for you. Something that, you, that inspires you that, that just brings out the, bam, like I'm excited to get to work where every day, that's what people say. Every day can feel like a vacation if you're in the right vocation. And that's yeah. one of the things he says on here. It's like choosing the wrong vocation could, you know, basically prohibit you from reaching your ultimate of who you are as a, as a, as a human being. Yeah, the theme I'm hearing a lot, and uh, we'll end with this idea that maybe you need to think about where you're working and what you're doing. Ultimately, you guys, what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. 
What's the driving factor that wakes you up every day? What's the why factor, regardless of what you might be walking into and all the anxiety of all the work that didn't get done yesterday or all these expectations that haven't been met, what's getting you up today to help you be the person your five-year self deserves to see? Because today was five years ago, you created this. We talked about this when we started the podcast. So today you have a five-year-old self. You have a four-year-old self, a three-year-old self, a two-year-old self. You have a three-month self who's going to look back at what you did today and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. So with that, you guys, thanks for joining our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to this. We're looking forward to doing more books. I hope this is changing your life as it is ours. Don't forget to subscribe. Please share this with your friends. Look forward to seeing you next week, you guys. Thanks very much. Peace. Peace. Deuces.